Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 1 of the 614 Check Podcast here on the Scarlet Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network and we have a great show for you today and yes, it is finally great to be here on the Scarlet Gray Sports Radio Network with the 614 Check Podcast and here on the podcast, we are going to be giving you everything you need to know about Columbus hockey, hence the 614 check name. And we're going to be breaking down Blue Jackets hockey, OSU men's and women's hockey, and so much more, everything around the NHL and the NCAA. And this is bringing over my former podcast, the Quarantine Hockey HU podcast, in a rebrand here. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're coming over from my former podcast, Welcome as well, and we're going to give the same content plus more with a focus on Blue Jackets and OSU hockey and everything else that we had before. In this episode, we are going to talk about what this podcast is, who I am uh, in my role at Scarlet Gray Sports Radio, and what my goals are with this podcast. And then we're going to get just into a normal episode. And that entails this week's focus. We're going to be talking about the Blue Jackets play so far. And we're also going to look back at this weekend on the Buckeyes men's and women's hockey teams and how they fared uh, around the country. We're also going to look at other stories from the NHL, including the Montreal Canadiens cleaning house in their front office, the New York Islanders COVID situation impacting the Olympic participation. We'll get into the rapid headlines, which is just news from the National Hockey League and the College Corner, which is all your news from NCA hockey. I can't wait to get this journey started here on the 614 Check Podcast. And without further ado, let's get right into what this podcast is and who I am. This is a journey that I have been working on uh, with everyone at Scarlet Gray Sports Radio for a very long time. And I'm so excited that we can finally release it and give you hockey fans, Buckeye fans, and everyone around the world, specifically in the 614 area, the hockey content you deserve. Now, I want to give, before we talk about what this podcast is going to entail, a little bit about myself. Like I said, my name is Zachary Rodier. I'm a first-year sophomore at The Ohio State University, part of the Scarlet Gray Sports Radio um, Network and Club. I have been calling this year men's and women's ice hockey live on ScarletGraySportsRadio.com. And I have a podcast called the Quarantine Hockey HQ Podcast, which I started when I uh, the pandemic started. And I saw there wasn't a lot of hockey content out there uh, with people that were going through such a hard time during quarantine. So I took it upon myself and started my own podcast the first time I ever did something like that. But when it comes to hockey, I am not a stranger. I've played the sport, I've refed the sport, and I've podcasted the sport, and now I've broadcasted play-by-play for it as well. And throughout this amazing journey, when I was 12 years old, I volunteered for sled hockey, which is the adaptive sport of hockey, and created my own foundation called Push for Sled Hockey and raised $25,000. 
And throughout that journey, I was able to meet a lot of people throughout the hockey community. And this story, they brought the Stanley Cup to Columbus. Uh, I met the keeper of the cup, met a lot of people from NBC and the NHL. And when I started my podcast, the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast, I started interviewing a lot of people in the hockey community, which I had connections with. And in that podcast, I had so many great interviews from the president of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kerry Bubolt, the assistant general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Josh Lynn, the keepers of the cup, uh, Mike Bolt and Phil Pritchard, and so many more amazing broadcasters from the Vegas Golden Knights, including Stanley Cup champion Shane Knighty. Many Blue Jackets writers and broadcasters, including Dave Metzold, Mark Scheig, Brian Hedger, Allison Lucan, who now works for the Seattle Kraken and covers OSU women's ice hockey as well. And I've met so many great people. And throughout that podcast, we always did an interview uh, when we could. And we did what we're going to do on this podcast as well. And I know a lot of people are coming over from the Quarantine Hockey HQ. This is a rebrand. So it's going to be similar content. We're going to give you similar stories and similar ways that we ran the podcast before. Each week we are going to, if we have an interview for the week that's going to focus on Columbus hockey, that will be at the very start. After that interview is over or if we don't have an interview, we're going to get into this week's focus right away, which will be a big story that we're focusing on and that I will spend a good amount of time in the podcast episode focusing on. We'll then move on to other stories we're watching, which are a little smaller, um, but still bigger than just a one-line headline. And then we move on to the rapid headlines, which will be everything else outside of the 614 area and everything else in the NHL that's going on. Just quick, rapid headlines. And then we'll move on to the college corner, which is similar, uh, but for college and NCAA men's and women's hockey. And we'll look at everything around the National Collegiate uh, Athletic Association and the everything in hockey and what is going on and break that down as well. Like I said, our goal is to get as many guests as possible, you know, with the media credentials and how I've been broadcasting recently, the hope is to get some personnel from the OSU men's and women's hockey teams on here as soon as possible. Hopefully some other great writers and broadcasters that cover the NHL and the Blue Jackets in the future as well. But this is really an exciting journey for me after starting this podcast by myself with the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast. Moving all the way here uh, to a great support system with Scarlet Gray Sports Radio, being able to do play-by-play and now have this podcast of my own here on a bigger platform as well. It's just absolutely amazing, and I cannot wait to give you guys the content you deserve week in and week out. And this is just an exciting journey. Again, I appreciate everyone's support, especially if you are coming from my other podcast, the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast, and well, that did and now has come to an end. Uh, I'm so excited for the journey here on the 614 Check podcast. We're still covering everything we did before, but again, it's now a focus specifically on 614 Hockey, Columbus Hockey, Blue Jackets, and Men's and Women's OSU Hockey, um, which, by the way, have 
all been doing great this season, which makes me even more excited to get into it right now. So without further ado, let's get right into this week's focus, which is looking at the Blue Jackets past week and the men's and women's OSU hockey teams. And the story here are the Columbus Blue Jackets and for a team that everyone was saying was going to be a pushover, a retool, they're in a rebuild, they're not going to do well, they're going to be a lottery team. The Jackets have been absolutely fantastic and have been on a tear. Right now, the Jackets are 12-7-0, and and before their loss yesterday when I'm recording this against St. Louis, the Jackets were 12-6-0, which was tied for the Jackets' best start through 18 games in franchise history. And that is just telling you how well the Jackets have done to a lot of people's surprise, uh, and a lot of people were just expecting them to be at the bottom of the league. But in my opinion, I knew this team was going to be better than most expected. And the Jackets, their thing is to always break people's expectations and go above and beyond. And this past week for the Jackets, in my opinion, has been absolutely fantastic. This past week, uh, yeah, they started on a Saturday with a loss, a tough loss against Vegas, which I covered about in the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast episode 68. Uh, where they had that call and the play wasn't reviewable for the offside. But after that, the Jackets really turned it up and started to go on a good win streak this past week, playing four games. They got three wins and one loss against St. Louis. And the first game, they dominated the Buffalo Sabres 7-4 to with an absolutely great win there. And then on Wednesday, they played the Winnipeg Jets, and Elvis Merzlikens got his first shutout of the season uh, when the Jackets won 3 to nothing, with Pierre-Luc Dubois returning for the first time ever to Nationwide Arena after he requested a trade and made a whole messy situation with the Jackets last season. Now, I think this was a, what a lot of people expected. Dubois came back. The whole fan base was booing him when he was in the arena uh, every time he touched the puck. And the Jackets did a welcome back video for Pierre-Luc Dubois and Riley Nash, who also is now with the Winnipeg Jets. And it was kind of a funny scene when uh, Dubois was shown on the screen. Everyone was booing him. That Like, it was so loud. It was crazy. And then Riley Nash is shown on the Videotron, and everyone stands up and gives him a standing ovation, and that just made everyone chuckle on the broadcast. Also, everyone uh, on the Winnipeg Jets bench as well. Uh, And just a fun scene, welcoming Pierre-Luc and Riley Nash back. And obviously, Dubois, it was a tough ending, but, you know, we still have to appreciate how well Dubois did while he was a Jacket, and appreciate that even though the divorce between Dubois and the Jackets at the end was messy. But we got Roslovic and Patrick Laine as well. And talking about Jack Roslovic, he has really turned it up this past week. And right now, he had four goals this entire past week, um, which has really put himself, in my opinion, above everything else. And when... You know, Roslovic getting three goals and getting three assists this past week, 
it's really about him getting that confidence back. He had a tough start uh, to the beginning of this season, and now he gets to start over again. He got to play his former team and really just get everything out and now just focus on the season where the expectations are low. And now, because he's been playing so well um, this past week, he's now playing with Vorchuk and Chinnikov, which I see as the Jackets' first line. Uh, and Sillinger has been pushed down uh, to be playing with Domi and Hoffman uh, after he has struggled this past week, which I definitely understand for sure. Now, the other few games the Jackets played, uh, they won against Vancouver 4-2, which was a good win for the Jackets, but they didn't play that well, to be frank. Uh, they were outshot, and, you know, Elvis just kept the Jackets in there, and the Jackets were able to go around with the lead. And then the St. Louis Blues absolutely clobbered the Jackets the next day in the back-to-back in St. Louis. Final score, 6-3, to and Corpus Sala was playing. And, I mean, the Jackets played a great first period in that game. Um, one of the best periods they've played in a very long time, but then it crumbled and crumbled quick in the last two periods and really cost the Jackets. And now the Jackets have two days off, uh, Sunday and Monday, to try and recuperate, get things going uh, when they play Nashville uh, on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So really start to try and recuperate from that, get things going, and they have a good week ahead of them. Um, they have, like I said, Nashville on Tuesday, Thursday, uh, they play Dallas at 8.30 p.m. away, then they go to Washington 7 p.m. on Saturday, and then on Sunday, they play the San Jose Sharks at 6 p.m. back at home, uh, and that is going to be the week for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And some other news, you know, with the Jackets being 12-6-0 right now, the question is, what do the Jackets do with the rebuild and retool? You know, they were supposed to trade a lot of people at the trade deadline this season. They were supposed to be a lottery team. And they still couldn't get a top pick with the Chicago Blackhawks if the Blackhawks get a third pick or lower um, because the top, it's top two protected. So if Chicago gets a first or second pick, then the Jackets don't get Chicago's pick this year, but then we'll get it the next year after that. But... In my opinion, you know, I feel like the Jackets definitely need to trade Jonas Corposalo. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. The other notable unrestricted free agent is Max Domi. And Domi has played pretty well, in my opinion, for the limited amount of games he's played due to COVID and his injuries, um, which, you know, definitely hasn't been easy on him. But for Domi right now, He's been playing pretty well for nine points uh, in just a few amount of games he's been playing. And he's starting to get his his groove back. He didn't have a great season last year. Uh, so if I was the Jackets, I would try hold on to him and not trade him. But if a deal comes perfect for the Jackets and they want to do this retool and still trade a few players away, if the price is right, then they have to do so. They still have players coming up like Kent Johnson from Michigan and... Carol Murchenko um, from the KHL that are still to come and need spots 
in the roster. In other news, we know that Cole Sillinger is unlikely to go to the World Junior Championships per Aaron Portsline of The Athletic um, because he's been doing so well with the Jackets, but there's no formal decision uh, until December 15th. We also know Patrick Laine has begun to skate uh, back for the Jackets, but he's going to travel to Finland for his father's funeral this week. Now let's move to the Ohio State men's hockey team. The Buckeyes split with Mercyhurst this past week, and in, you know a 4-5 loss and then a 3-2 win with James Rooney notching his first career NCAA goal in the second game in the second period to put Ohio State ahead. And in my opinion, this is disappointing for the Jackets. They're 17th ranked ranked right now. They're better than Mercyhurst, and it would have been huge for the ranking and for the team to really win and sweep that whole weekend. And, you know, the Jacket Jackets did the same thing, you know, losing games they probably shouldn't have lost. And the same with the Buckeyes here. That 4-5 loss, it was a close one, um, but, you know, the Buckeyes were doing well, and they let Mercyhurst just clobber in those goals and take advantage of them uh, in that first game. And a great bounce back win for the Buckeyes. They definitely did not want to lose with Mer- against Mercyhurst uh, for a second game in a row. And we'll see how this affects the rankings. Maybe we'll put them one or two down. We'll see how they fare uh, with the pollsters. But, you know, not too bad for the Buckeyes, especially with a close loss. But again, it would have been great if they could get both of these wins um, for sure. And we'll see again how it fares. Um, but for the Buckeyes and Jakob Dobesh and all the players right now, it's just getting a lot of groove back, a lot of different games, and start to get that chemistry better as the season goes on. And right now, the Buckeyes are doing better than most expected. So, yeah, they, they lost against Mercyhurst, but they have two games, big games, coming up this weekend. Uh, on Friday, they're playing Notre Dame at 7.30 p.m., and on Saturday, 6 p.m., uh, two Big games in the Big Ten. It's going to be on NBCSN if you want to watch it on TV or if you want to listen to us on ScarletandGraySportsRadio.com. My good friends and colleagues Caleb Spinner and Tyler Danberg will be giving you the call both nights on ScarletandGraySportsRadio.com. Again, 7.30 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, 6 p.m., uh, and those, both of those games will be at Notre Dame. And this, for the Buckeyes, is a big weekend ahead, and a sweep in both wins would be huge. Moving on to the women's hockey, they had a sweep in the D1 and DC tournament, uh, non-conference games for the Buckeyes. Uh, and they were absolutely fantastic and this was a test they were moving away from wcha and conference games and i want to see how they were going to fare against non-conference opponents in game one they beat st Louis 5-2 with a dominating performance there and then game two they were able to play penn state uh which is a big 10 team but you know because of women's hockey it's a different conference and they beat penn state four to two and the big thing for the buckeyes in that second game was their power play. They were 3-for-5 on the power play. Sophie Jakes, the defenseman for the Buckeyes, continuing her amazing season. She got two goals on of the three power play goals. 
Jen Gardner also recorded her team-high 29th point of the season with a power play goal as well. So your three power play goal scores, two for Jakes and one for Jen Gardner. The Buckeyes are facing their final games in 2021 this weekend at Minnesota Duluth, Friday, December 3rd, and Saturday, December 4th. Puck drop is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. Now let's move on to this week's other stories. Uh, we're going to move on here with big stuff coming out of the Montreal Canadiens organization. Uh, on Saturday, we heard that Scott Mellonby resigned as assistant general manager of the Montreal Canadiens after he was informed that he would no longer be up for the running to be uh, Mark Bergevin's predecessor and be the person uh, that will take over the Canadians after this season. So he resigned. Uh, so then things were starting to turn in Montreal. And then the news on Sunday came that the Habs fired uh, their executive vice president and general manager, Mark Bergevin, their assistant general manager, Trevor Timmons, and senior vice president and public affairs and communications manager, Paul Wilson. They all will be resigned relieved of their duties effective immediately uh, the Canadians said that their search for the next general manager uh, is underway and it will this manager will bring significant hockey expertise to the organization but an additional criteria is that the person's role uh, will be to communicate with fans both in French and in English while we don't have a general manager for the Habs at this moment in time we do know that Jeff Gordon, the former general manager of the New York Rangers, is taking over as hockey operations manager and right now will be the guy doing day-to-day -day stuff as they search for a general manager. Gordon does not speak French. Now, for the Canadians coming off the Stanley Cup final, you look at things and say, how did things go wrong? How do you crumble to this so quickly? And the thing is, is... They just did. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but right now, you know, the Canadians, they just weren't off to a good start in the season. Obviously, this is because Carey Price hasn't been playing as well as he is getting the help he needs uh, with substance abuse. Um, but, you know, this is just very difficult for Habs fans to realize that going from the Stanley Cup final to all the way uh, near the bottom of the league it's just really hard to swallow. And for the Habs right now, they have struggled for sure. They're 29th in the league. They are 6-15-2 with a total of 14 points and a minus 29 goal differential, which is absolutely brutal. Um, let's talk about a few things here. Jeff Gordon, you know, if the Canadians are going into a rebuild mode, he did a good job with the New York Rangers. And this is really his organization right now. And I look forward to see how he is going to do things with the Canadians, what he's going to do with the coach and Dominic Ducharme, what's going to happen there. And, you know, the Canadians are going to get a French general manager, someone that speaks French. And I, I know there's a lot of pushback on that, but at the same time, you know, you want to choose the guy that's best for this position. But I get the Canadians want to have someone that can communicate 
to the fans. And in my opinion, with this situation is Jeff Gordon, it's his organization. He's going to get to make the choices. And the general manager will be the liaison being able to communicate with the fans and helping Gordon. But it really will come down to Gordon making the final decisions. Moving on to the other story we're watching is the New York Islanders and uh, the COVID-19 pandemic with the Olympics. Um, the NHL announced that the Islanders games will be postponed at least through November 30th, which would be canceling two games or postponing them uh, as well. Uh, that means eight New York Islanders players are currently in COVID-19 protocols, and this has implications as this is the second time this season the Ottawa Senators already had pauses in their games. Now the Islanders and now people are more worried whether NHL players are going to head to the Olympics and have the All-Star Game. The NHL is still planning for the All-Star Game, business as usual, according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Uh, she says, Gary Bettman never wanted players to go to the Olympics, Olympics, but made a promise to them and intends to see it through. Uh, the plan is for a charter to go from Vegas straight to Beijing. Um, according to Kaplan, the NHLPA is getting exceedingly cautious. They have asked the NHL to take over some of the planning for players at the All-Star Game to have more COVID protocols to make sure because no one wants to end up in Beijing to the Olympics and test positive for COVID and be stuck there for three weeks not being able to play. According to Kaplan, it sounds like players won't be able to stay at the usual NHL hotel to win Encore, but they will stay on the strip with no casino uh, to try and get, you know, uh, less COVID interaction and less interaction with people and try and just keep them uh, away from the rest of the public so that they don't test positive for COVID. And, you know, well, I really hope that the NHL continues to stay safe and is able to get to the Olympics. Um, we'll see what happens here. And if the NHL does not go to the Olympics, the schedule will get changed, and you know, right now there's a three-week break. Maybe the NHL will go on a break for a week and then try and get some games in in the other two weeks. We'll see how that fares. Um, the schedules for the Senators and Islanders, their rescheduled games haven't come out yet, so we'll be able to see soon uh, how those games get rescheduled, and maybe the NHL is waiting to make a final decision on the Olympics. We're going to take a quick break here on the 614 Check Podcast, and then we're going to get into the rapid headlines and the college corner. It's time for the rapid headlines here on the 614 Check Podcast. Let's get right into them here. As we know that the Hockey Hall of Fame Selection Committee uh, has changed a little bit. We know that Mike Gartner will replace John Davidson, who is the Jackets Hockey Operations President, uh, as chair, and Cami Granato will become a new member, becoming one of the first women members of the Hockey Hall of Fame Selection Committee. We also know that Braden Point's upper body injury is expected to sideline him for four to six weeks per the Tampa Bay Lightning. The USA Hockey Team and the Team Canada have revealed their Olympic hockey jerseys. Quick opinion. I'm not a big fan of the Canadian jerseys just because I think there's too much black. They're a red and white country, so I don't get the black 100%. 
Um, for USA Hockey, I think a lot of people are overreacting. I kind of like the jerseys. I think they're slick, and I think they're cool. Talking about jerseys as well, the New Jersey Devils have released their first um, third jerseys in franchise history. It is a black jersey, which looks pretty cool. However, um, the logo just says Jersey in cursive. That's where it goes down for me. I like the color scheme. Um, but it's just saying Jersey. It's a Jersey that says Jersey. That really uh, breaks it for me. We also know Morgan Frost will be joining the Philadelphia Flyers in Florida uh, per Elliot Friedman. Uh, we also know that the San Jose Sharks announced that General Manager Doug Wilson will be taking a temporary medical leave from his day-to-day activities and that in the interim, Sharks Assistant General Manager Joe Will will be handling the team's day-to-day operations. We also know Matt Murray has been put on waivers by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Murray's camp isn't too happy with this development, but Matt Murray did in fact clear waivers. Uh, New York Rangers forward Artemi Panarin was fined $5,000 maximum allowable under the CBA for unsportsmanlike conduct uh, during the Thanksgiving showdown throwing a glove at Boston Bruins forward um, Brad Marchand from the bench. Pernarin was in his bench. He threw it at Marchand, who was in the opposing bench. He was fine for this. I get it. The NHL doesn't want players to, you know, interact with players when they're on the bench and throw things at them. It was inappropriate. I know Panarin has been saying that uh, Marchand was saying things about Panarin and his country and the things he's been doing politically, which it does cross the line, but the NHL didn't do anything about Marchand's comments. We also know Ottawa claims Adam Godek off waivers from the Chicago Blackhawks. LA Kings forward Brendan Lemieux is having an in-person hearing via Zoom on Tuesday with the NHL Department of Player Safety. Get this, for biting Ottawa Senators captain Brady Kachuk. Yes, he bit Brady Kachuk. Kachuk went crazy after the game. Uh, saying that kids don't do even do this anymore, that no one wants to be his teammate, um, that Lemieux will never be on another team again, just going crazy. But it's pretty crazy that a player bit another player. I mean, people were going crazy when Marshawn licked players in the playoffs, um, but Lemieux will now uh, have the option of being suspended for more than five games for biting a player, which definitely crosses the line. We also know San Jose Sharks forward, Evander Kane was placed on waivers, his 21-game suspension uh, for faking a COVID uh, vaccine card is coming to an end. He's going to go to the AHL, play some games. We'll see how that develops. We know Logan Shaw of Ottawa Senators also placed on waivers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Fenway Sports Group uh, have signed a purchase agreement according to uh, Dijon Kovacek. Uh, so big news, the Penguins have been purchased by Fenway Sports Group. Moving on to the college corner, uh, we know that number 6, North Dakota, bounces back and earns the split with number 11, Minnesota, after they lost the original game. Uh, first game, we also know Cornell wins their third straight uh, Kelly Harkness Cup at Madison Square Garden. Uh, McKay posts a 5 say shutout for number 1, Minnesota State. Um, that's pretty crazy that the opposing team only had five shots the entire game, and McKay was able to save all of them. Uh, in NCAA Division I women's hockey, um, commissioner of the CHA conference, Commissioner uh, DeGregorio, 
uh, says that a six-team will enter the conference in 2023-2024. We also know that Blue Jackets prospect Kent Johnson has 50 assists in 42 NCAA games with the team up north. Um, Don't know if we can say their name after a tough weekend in men's football for the Buckeyes. Um, But let's look at some more scores uh, from this past week. Uh, Let's start with men's hockey, of course, because, you know, you have big stuff going on with more rankings. There's more eyes on the scoreboard in men's hockey. And let's first start off with the Friday looking at big games there. Uh, Number two, Minnesota Duluth beat Alaska at Amstel Arena 5-1. Harvard, number 16, fell to New Hampshire 1-0. We also know that number 14, Providence, was able to beat Dartmouth uh, 7-4. Western Michigan beat St. Lawrence 8-2. Boston College um, and Notre Dame played, and that score is very hard to find online. Uh, We don't know what happened with their scoring there. Uh, But Boston College 19, Notre Dame 8. We also know that Michigan, number 4, beat Niagara 6-1. We talked about the Buckeyes' loss on that day. And LIU, um, who the Buckeyes will be playing soon, beat Miami 7-4 final score. Moving into Saturday's games, um, Bowling Green and Northern Michigan tied in overtime 3-3. 15, UMass Lowell. Beat Maine 2 to nothing. Uh, number 2, Minnesota Duluth beat Alaska 1-0. Final score in overtime. That was a close one there. Uh, we also know that Connecticut beat Colgate uh, 6-1. to Final score. Uh, and Michigan beat Niagara again 4-1. Final score. And number 10, Cornell beat BU 6-4 at Madison Square Garden. Looking at women's hockey scores uh, from this past weekend on Friday, we had number 7 Minnesota Duluth falling to Penn State in the D1 and DC tournament. Uh, We also know that number 4 Northeastern beat number 10 Princeton, final score 2 to nothing. Number 9 Clarkson beat Maine 4 1. Uh, We also know that Yale in number 6. Played number five Quinnipiac. They fell. Uh, Yale fell to Quinnipiac. Final score three two in overtime. Number eight Colgate beat Boston College two to one. And number three Minnesota beat Mercyhurst four zero. Final score on the Friday. Moving on to the Saturday, Minnesota Duluth in the D1 and DC tournament. Number seven beat St. Louis four three. Final score in overtime. Uh, we also know, looking at some other ranked teams, that number nine Clarkson beat Maine. Final score five two. And number eight Colgate beat number three Minnesota two one in the Smashville Showcase. Uh, we also know Quinnipiac. Number 5 played UConn and beat them 3-2. And number 6, Yale in the Nutmeg Classic beat Sacred Heart uh, 6-4-1 at Friedrichs Ice Forum. That's going to be it for the rapid headlines here on the Quarantine Hockey HD Podcast and the College Corner. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. I hope you enjoyed episode 1 of the 614 Check Podcast here on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio's 
Podcasting Network. I'm so excited for this journey here. And there are so many ways for you to find us on social media and follow us everywhere. Please, please, please share this to all of your friends. And you can listen to this podcast and many other Scar and Grace Sports Radio podcasts here if you go to linktr.ee slash 61 and then spell out for check that is f-o-r-e-c-h-e-c-k that is linktr.ee slash the numbers 61 and then spell out for check if you want to follow us on social media on instagram and facebook at 61 for check that is spelling out for check 61 and then F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. And then the same thing on Twitter as well. At 614check. Spelling out for check. And if you want to listen to former podcast episodes on this Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast. Go to linktr.ee slash Quarantine Hockey HQ. Uh, if you want to listen to... The Notre Dame games this coming week go to ScarlandGraySportsRadio.com. That's ScarlandGraySportsRadio, G-R-A-Y. And, you know, just in the future, follow us on social media and Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on Twitter. They are going to be at S-G-S-R underscore O-S-U. That's at S-G-S-R underscore O-S-U. My name is Zachary Rodier. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of the 614 Check Podcast. And we'll catch you next time on episode two of the 614 Check Podcast next week. To all of my listeners, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. And to all those who celebrate, happy Hanukkah.